Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to UAP, episode 24. I'm Stephen Diener. Over there is Karen Curtis right here on the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Karen, I'm very excited today because we get to conclude on our Edgar Cayce experience. Today is part two. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I foresaw that we would be doing this. Oh, look at that. (laughs) If you didn't listen to part one, don't fear. It's all there on Apple and Spotify and on 850WFTL.com. And it was uh, really good feedback on that one. Yes. A lot of of great, um, uh, I guess you could say, listening and what's the word I'm looking for? Consuming. Consuming, yes, on that part one. So we appreciate all of you. Um, so hopefully you enjoy part two as well because Edgar Casey was such a fascinating person. We we go over kind of like his beginnings in part one. So if you want to catch that, by all means, uh, you, you can catch up there on part one. But, you know, one thing we didn't mention, Karen, before we get into our factoid and all to the meat of part two today, one thing that we didn't really dive into in part one were some of the prophecies that he did get right. It's kind of interesting because many people believe that he was a better soothsayer than, say, Nostradamus. Right. I mean, he definitely was a modern-day Nostradamus, for sure, and, and as well as a healer. I mean, that's one thing yeah. that, you know, as far and as they, I know— he could also travel with his mind, right? Right, right. You astral. Know, he, he astral projection and remote viewing before that was even a thing. And, you know, he had the reputation of being a healer, you know, finding people's ailments and how to fix them in his trance-like sleep states that he would go into and how he would also tell their— Futures or see prophecies of things or see the past as yes, well. Yes, he could go anywhere. So uh, an amazing person, uh, you know, with Edgar Casey was, and all these things are documented in the li- Edgar Casey Library in Virginia. Uh, but we're going to go into some of the other stories. Edgar Casey mixed with aliens today yeah. as well. And You're some like, wild what does stories. Edgar Casey have to do with aliens? Well, we actually everything. Have, yeah, really, we have a lot of answers on that today. But you know, some of the prophecies he did get right, Karen first was he actually spoke about World War II before it happened. That's right. And I wanted to throw that out there today because, again, I realized that after we were recorded part one, I'm like, you know, we didn't really say what he got right. <laughs> Talked about a lot of other stuff, but you're probably wondering, well, why is this guy so great? What did he get right? Well, he prophesied World War II. We're going to go down a couple rabbit holes on this one, too, by oh the my way. Gosh, Just yes. get ready. Strap yourself in. Yeah, and he also predicted the stock market crash of 1929. That's right. And if you are a Floridian, you know all about El Nino and La Nina, which is That's a right. weather pattern during hurricane season that kind of steers yeah. or kind of um, determines severity th- yeah it does it, it kind of tells you what you know are you going to have strong storms weak storms and so it's that's a big deal so those are a lot of things or a few of the things out of a lot of things that he did foresee and get right and he also he also foresaw the pole shift right they, the, it shifts like the magnetism shifts from the north to the south and back again that's what he referred to so we haven't quite seen that yet 
But that's that's been talked about. They're by saying some it's going to happen very soon. That's what they say, and uh, you know there've been some people. Remember Admiral Byrd yes. from one of our first episodes, I believe Operation High Jump was episode three, and that was when they went down to Antarctica, the U.S. Uh, military, and they encountered a lot of strange things down there. And a war with aliens. Yeah, you can go back and listen to that one, episode three. Pew pew. But he talked about two uh, different strange shifts in in the polar activity. And so I don't know, it makes you wonder. That's all. We don't know. And the other thing was he he actually prophesied the use of blood as a diagnostic tool. That's right. Yes, that's right. Which nobody could have imagined right, during no. his time when he was making these prophecies back, you know, basically in the 1910s and the 1920s. Yeah. So really amazing stuff from Edgar Casey. You know, you could always go back and look at Edgar Casey prophecies yourself if, if you'd like. But those are some of the things I wanted to mention at least and get out there since we're talking about him so much. I think, yeah, I think we talked see. more about Nostradamus' prediction <laughs> that he got right. We were just, you know, kind of throwing those in there. But a little factoid, Karen. Okay, since, yes, uh, it's your turn. Yes, we always have a factoid before we get into a lot of the stories. And I thought this was appropriate for this episode because uh, it has to do with prophecy, actually, this factoid. So the news came out recently that, sadly, uh, Pope Francis, it's being said from Vatican sources that he's not in good health. Oh, no. Um, They actually, no pun intended, foresee him not lasting more than a year at this point. Really? I didn't even know this. Yes. So they, I mean, really, they're saying he's dying. I mean, it's very sad news. Um, They're talking about Pope Francis is essentially dying. Of what? Uh, they didn't really specify. You Check know, his blood. They well, they they you know he had some health problems. You remember he had the uh, colon surgery. They had to, I believe remove half his colon recently. Oh, I know that's very gross. I'm sorry, but no, but yeah, that might be what's going on. So there's he's, he's had a lot of issues, and they're basically saying that he's dying. And you know, again, that's sad news. But get ready for the white smoke. Right. You know, they're talking about in the Vatican. They're already kind of de- getting together a papal conclave, already discussing who the next pope will be when. You know, Pope Francis passes away at some point, I guess soon, according to the sources there. But well, the you're, reason, you're the Catholic in the room, so this is a big deal. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal anytime that there's a new pope. Um, again, Pope Francis is still pope right now. But the reason why I bring this up and what has, what has to do with prophecy, there is a, a saint uh, medieval times in the 1100s, I believe, actually, called St. Malachi. And he was a bishop in Ireland. And he had... The prophecy of St. Malachi, it's a famous thing. Now, there are some people who say it was a hoax because it wasn't found until the 1500s, so there's a lot of room for interpretation. Was it written in that 400-year span by somebody else and attributed to St. Malachi because he was a famous figure in the 1100s? But there is a prophecy where it's called the prophecy of the popes, and he essentially, according to the story, prophesied each pope from St. Peter down to the present time. And name them all in like cryptic ways, kind of like Nostradamus did. Like Hister is Hitler. Right. And like his quadrains where he would, you know, name all these different things and be kind of cryptic about it. Like, for instance, Pope John Paul uh, was named not, you know, Pope John Paul will be Pope in, you know, in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Oh, no, that'd be too easy. No, but he talked about uh, this pope will be born and die during eclipses. And Pope John Paul was born and died during eclipses. Whoa. So... People kind of attribute different ones to different popes. So he went down, numbered each pope up until Pope Francis. And after, so I I forget the exact number of popes. It was 112 or 212. But after the final pope, and this Pope Francis is the last pope on his prophecies. 
At really? The, so that means we're not having another one? Well, after that one, this, the prophecy ends with the end. No. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? So I don't know. <laughs> the end is near. It's either the end of the world. It's the end of like modern Catholic church. Maybe things will become more corrupt or they'll stray away from the original teachings or it just means that he got tired and said the end. I don't know. Or the whole thing was a hoax. But Maybe they'll get rid of the Queen of England and the Pope. Maybe. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because you had this that prophecy the of the end. Popes. And it kind of, you know, if you go back and read it, you can kind of match it up with some different popes in different timelines. And then all of a sudden, after this current pope, after Pope Francis is gone, he didn't have another pope in his prophecy. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. And this is Malachi back in the 1100s. That's right, yeah. He was a bishop in, in Ireland. So, very, uh, very intriguing. Huh, the end. <laughs> so, there's your fun fact for I today. I love that. Yes, the end. But what's not the end, and we're just getting started, yeah. is this part two about Edgar Casey, The Edgar Casey experience, Karen. And we left off last time um, as we were about to get into, because we talked about you know, a lot with his uh, prophecies of Atlantis, his readings about Atlantis, where you can find artifacts under the Sphinx and all those different things. Yeah, Atlantis as it related to Egypt and, and the rise and fall of Egypt. It was very fascinating stuff. Again, you go back and listen to part one on wherever you get your podcast or on 850WFTL.com on the UAP blog Or page the Akashic there. Record. You can well, get it there. Yeah, you can tap in. That's fine. But what we want to get into now is what I like to call Edgar Casey and the Little Green Men. Ooh. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I, you know, you told me the town that he lived in, Hopkintonsville. Hopkinsville. Yeah. Ho- yes. I get mixed up because I ran the Boston Marathon and it starts in Hopkinton. Oh, really? Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, it's that's hard to funny. Say. And so this is in Kentucky. That's right. Hopkinsville. He, that's his birthplace, right? It is. Yes. And then there was a family called the Suttons that lived there as well. That's right. So now Edgar Casey was born, I believe, what, 1880s or 1890s um, in, like we said, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. And since then, Hopkinsville has been home to some strange things, including, of course, being the home to Edgar Casey. As well as this attack of the little green men in the 1950s. And even after that, the solar. Remember when we had the solar eclipse in yes. 2017? Yeah. Hopkinsville, Kentucky was the place to see the solar eclipse. It was the longest duration huh. for the solar eclipse, was right there in Hopkinsville, Kentucky back in 2017. Well, you and I talked about vortexes around the world that have more like psychic and. Right, more energy or magnetism. Yeah, magnetism, yeah. So maybe Hopkinsville is one of those places. But to go back to the story, the attack of the little green men, basically what happened here, we have some sound from the Sutton family too, but what happened here, just to kind of give a little background, a dozen aliens attacked this farmhouse in the north of the town back on August 21st, 1955, and that's according to the people inside who were the Sutton family themselves. They had to go to the police station. Well, they had a big f- firefight with these little green men. Well, we'll let them explain. Yeah, here's the daughter of Elmer Lucky Sutton. 1955, that all hell broke loose in Hopkinsville. It's a fantastic little story. It has lasted all these years. I heard it from the main source, and that was my father, who in the story is Lucky Sutton or Elmer Sutton. My dad and his wife, Vera, had come in. They had worked with the carnival for years. And um, 
Billy Ray, which was my dad's friend at the time, and his wife June. They were all together. They decided to come in for the weekend. He wanted to come home, see his mom and, you know, his brothers and catch up and just see how things were going. And the night this occurred, they were all in the house, um, and there was 11 of them in the house. So as the sun is going down, Billy Ray goes outside to get some water from the well, and he sees a saucer, and as it goes across the sky, it leaves like a rainbow contrail. And then Lucky Sutton comes out because he hears him, and he sees these beings. They're silver, and they're floating, and they have weird eyes, and they both went inside and then his mom saw it too and that's when well that was it the fight was on and so they started shooting and they they had a battle from oh my gosh. the time it started till about 11 11 30 that night until they finally got a clearing where they could run to hopkinsville and get help they had no phone so that was the only thing they knew to do apparently the little beans had some sort of uh metal armor armor to protect them from the bullets by the time the night was over you had police officers you had reporters you had people from fort campbell all out there traipsing around land trying to figure out you know what happened that night and they couldn't find anything the only thing they could find was shotgun shells of course holes through the screens and the windows woodwork shot off and but no bodies no bodies Right. No, the the little green men, they were like silver and their ar- arms were floating up in the air and they were floating and weird stuff. Very strange story. Very well documented story. And it's funny because they talk about they weren't even green. No, they're silver. <laughs> they were silver. <laughs> but they just got dubbed the little green men right. by the press and everything like that once the story took over. So much so, Karen, that in the Hopkinsville Museum, because that is a real place, they have a whole section dedicated to this one night back on August 21st, 1955. Well, you know, you think, oh, they just got drunk and started shooting at stuff. Who knows what happened? Well, it's funny you say that because one of the uh, the family members, I want to say it was the mother, very devout Christian, like Edgar Casey, like a lot of people in that region during, during the time. That's right. He of, read the Bible know, once a year. That's right. The entire thing. And uh, which, you know, is why he probably remembered every single part of it. But... She was very devout Christian, had no idea what she was seeing. She couldn't understand what was happening. And they recalled that when she went to the police station, they were like, they, they were struck by her shock. She was in shock. She didn't know what to say. She looked very frazzled. So they saw something. Right. You know, I don't think a little old grandma there who's reading the Bible was was drinking too many Bud Lights. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like she saw. <laughs> I think it might have been moonshine. Yeah, back then. right. So she saw something. proof. Something happened, and they all had, like, the same story. Right. And it, it's been unchanged, and that story was passed down through the family, like you heard there. You know, one, one of the Suttons there, she was uh, very young at the time, and that was stories passed down by her father, who was one of the men shooting at the aliens who apparently had on this armor, which would explain, I guess, according to the account, why there were no bodies. Because if they have on this, I guess, armor, shield, force field, whatever it might have been, then the you know these bullets aren't going to do anything. Well, that that's something you brought up last week, and it kind of blew my mind about energy taking different forms right. in different places in the universe. And so maybe their energy, uh, maybe they weren't wearing a bulletproof Kevlar vest. They, it's just that their energy couldn't be penetrated. Yeah, maybe. And we'll actually we'll get into that here too because 
And again, we bring this story up. It might feel out of place because we're talking about Edgar Casey, but this happened in his birth town. Yeah. So it's just very strange connection there, I would think, right? Yes. And actually, you might be wondering, what did Edgar Casey have to say about aliens? Yes. Because there's a lot of prophecies and readings and things like that. So there are specifically two mentions of UFOs, UAPs, aliens in his readings. One dates back to when he was going through a woman's incarnations. Because remember, Edgar Casey was a big believer in reincarnation. Yeah. There's, there's some, I'm not going to get into it too much. But did he believe that Jesus was Adam? He did. He did. Uh, I that kind of tracks. It's 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 an interesting theory. Um, obviously, not one that is taught within the church. But Adam of Adam and Eve fame, right? He, but he goes back through um, human history. We had Edgar Casey's timeline on the blog last week, and you know we'll keep that up there. You can take a look at that from uh, the episode twenty three blog of part one of the Edgar Casey experience. So, and you'll see on there how he tracks through basically the creation of the universe how we were all just balls of energy at that point, and then we started coming onto the earth and, and forming into these bodies now. and So it's it's very deep stuff, very involved things, but he deeply believed in reincarnation basically because of his readings and because of things that he said that he would see going into these trances. So he believed that, like you said, Jesus was actually reincarnated and started off as Adam, and because of the original sin, then came back and tried to get things right. And, you know, he actually mentioned specifically the um, the the 40 days in the desert. You know, that's why we have Lent. Even if you're not Christian or Catholic, you've heard of Lent before. So that was when Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days and didn't drink, didn't eat, and was tempted by the devil. And they say, he said, that was basically Jesus's redemption, his, his way of um, redeeming himself from falling the original sin when he was Adam. Then he came back and, you know, passed the test in the desert in those 40 days. And then he died for us so that we would not have original sin. Right. So that's Edgar Casey's explanation. So his uh, readings and interpretations of reincarnation are obviously not mainstream. Okay, so let's just put that out there. But he was going through a, a reincarnation reading with someone and he spoke about her life as a Mayan priestess. Whoa. And this is an actual quote from the, from the reading. He said, the entity was among the priestesses of the Mayan experience. It was just before that period when those as from the East had come, speaking of Atlanteans, that's who he was talking about, and there were the beginnings of the unfoldments of the understanding that there were those that were visiting from other worlds or planets. Aha. Uh-huh. That was in 1616? So it's, that was... Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's, that's how they number... No, it's very confusing. Yeah. That's how they number some of his readings in, the, in his library of you know tens of thousands of readings. Yeah, because he had three people that transcribed his readings. Right, right, over right. The, over the many years. There were 10,000 readings. So that was number 1616-1, if you want to go ahead and look into that in the Edgar Casey readings. But, I mean, Karen, it doesn't get much more clear no, than that. No. I mean, he specifically visiting. mentioned visiting from other worlds or planets and talked about other entities. And it's funny because if you really read into this, I mean, this connects exactly to what, you know, people in our interests, our, our circle of interest, have connected for years, which is ancient aliens going back to the Mayan civilization, and helping the Mayans when it came to math, when it came to astronomy and astrology. I mean, how did they have these precise constructions when you look at their their structures and their pyramids and things like that? 
I mean, and, and and their readings and their knowledge of space and Except the constellations. The Mayan calendar was wrong. Well, you know, there's that. <laughs> but they did have. We all were standing by with our fingers and our ears. Yes. What was that? 2012. That's right, December 21st, 2012. <laughs> but they did have these precise readings of yeah. of astrology and all these different things in math. How did they get all these? And that's what people have always wondered. And they've theorized, well, they must have had help they had from a higher civilization. There's so, so many things around the earth that cannot be explained. If you go back to this reading, again, if you buy into the Edgar Casey readings, he talks about entities being there from Atlantis, from other worlds who lived in Atlantis and being there at the Mayan civilization. So it's amazing how the dots really start to connect they when you do. look into everything. I mean, other readings imply aliens. He called them people of the universe. That's right. And those of us on Earth as man. So. Right. Because he actually said, um, from that reading you're talking about, Karen, he, this was the exact quote, man may become with the people of the universe, <gasps> ruler of any of the various spheres through which the soul passes in its experiences. Huh. Very deep. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so that, but that made us wonder, Karen. That that kind of got us thinking. We kind of fell down a rabbit hole when we were doing the research for this part two episode. What does that mean exactly? So does that mean? And again, these are all our theories. You can theorize along with us. Yeah, you're a Catholic, so be careful. I know it's. Uh, you start to get into some gray areas here. No pun intended on gray. <laughs> but when you start to. Read the quote, man may become with the people of the universe ruler of any of the various spheres through which the soul passes in its experiences. So he's talking about, Karen, multiple experiences, reincarnations, I suppose, of which the soul passes through. Or is he talking about traveling through space and time? And then that goes back to, again, follow along here, that goes back to... The, the, the soul experience, the original form of energy that he says energy. we were. That's what he's talking about. Energy, at the creation of the universe. Mass and time. All of it combines. And, you know, Einstein probably got visited by somebody too. But we're all energy. And, you know, that's what animates us in this vessel that we call our body. Which kind of led us to believe during our, I guess, our post-recording meeting last last time. Yeah, that was pretty heavy. It was, but that kind of led us to believe, because remember I said at the end of the previous episode on part one, I kind of had a revelation doing all this research, and I think that revelation for me, I guess the light bulb was, well, if we were all this energy, again, if you go by Edgar, Edgar Cayce's theories and readings, if we were all this energy to start off four and a half billion years ago at the creation of the universe, the then, Big Bang, the Big Bang, then what, who's to say that we humans aren't the aliens? Well, maybe we're just all aliens, which, yes. again, doesn't go into the definition of alien because that means something foreign or strange to a planet or Or maybe a land. we were an alien and now our energy is on Earth. So if we're all just the same energy, if energy is the same throughout the universe, then we're all created— in the image of God, right? If you go by the Bible and the Christian teachings, we're all created in the image of God. So what if the image of God is just energy? Because remember, when they talk about in theology, getting really deep here. The white light. Yes, they talk about the white light. They talk about God doesn't have a face, even though in you know European art and modern art, God is depicted as this man with a long white beard, right? Like, like a Santa Claus looking type person. But that's... No, that's Father Time. That's right. But, you know, the, the Holy Trinity, okay, right. is depicted as God, the Father, with the long white beard. Jesus, you know, of course, the younger, 
you know, white European looking male, even though he's more Arab because as he lives in those times and, you know, the cradle early of civilization. That's right. right. And then you had the Holy Spirit depicted as the dove, you know, with, with the light coming down. So if we say God created man in his image, then if God was just this is just a form of energy, then what if that was his image? He created everyone in his image, meaning just as energy. We just take different forms and different locations. Does that make of the sense? Universe. Yeah. Well, we we are all energy. Yes. So then, in that case, I mean, even animals. That would mean that okay, you should be kind to everybody. And just because you're in a certain vessel right. now in this life, next life you may be in a different vessel, different shape. You may be in a different color vessel. It doesn't matter what vessel you're in. This is just is such a small snapshot in time. Yeah. That. That none of all this stuff that everyone's arguing about, whether they're a male or a female or what color they are, none of it matters. We're all the same. Yeah. And, and you know, you got to remember the big picture yes. in, in life. You know, that's the bottom line. And I think what's interesting about when you really dive deep into this, and I apologize for getting so deep today, but that's kind of what popped into our heads here when going through all of this before we came on, is I guess we're just all. You know this this form of energy, the creation of God. If you want to, believe, I believe that. If you want to believe that, if you don't, that's up to you. And essentially, maybe that means that God also created aliens. If you go down that rabbit hole, aliens to us, because if they're just energy life forms like us, well, they may then be, why not? They may be part of another, more advanced in time, than right? Us. So they have they have advanced more in terms of, I don't know, their energy is just smarter <laughs> maybe or or just you know more enlightened because more they enlightened. didn't they oh, didn't word. fall down the rabbit hole of earth like we did yeah let me pull you back up yes because that's well that's how Edgar Casey explained it was that basically we all had that enlightenment we all had that closeness that spirituality but eventually we kind of came down to earth so to speak and while other life forms get mired here and stayed actually, up Dr. Brian Weiss who regressed me we were on ABC's 2020 together um, it was kind of interesting mm. but uh, and Hugh Downs interviewed us but he didn't want to be regressed because he didn't want to surrender the sovereignty of his soul but um, you know Dr. Brian Weiss says that it, once you do get enlightened and you understand what's going on then you get to move on from this earth mm. and you get to become a master or you get to go elsewhere yeah. So you don't to heaven, have to I keep suppose. doing it over and over again, like a, a rudimentary soul, like a serial killer. They're going to have to do it over again. If you don't get it, and you don't for their you're sake, not, I hope so. And, yeah, and you're not <laughs> kind to people, and you're not helping and serving and volunteering and giving back and thinking about other people other than yourself. Then you're going to have to do it over again. Yeah. Now look, look, it's up to you. Whatever you want to believe, we're not here to tell you what to believe in. You know. No, this is just stuff that we're. Regurgitating that's, from that's right. much smarter people. Yes, this is all we're all we're all theorizing here. So it's uh yeah, quite the rabbit hole to go down. But you talk about with um with time as well, Karen. You know, it's all just a blip in time. Edgar Casey actually spoke on that too before we get into our last subject here, which was uh the the strange case of the moon dweller, which we're gonna get into here <laughs> in a second. Um which goes back to a, you know, another Edgar Casey reading. But he spoke about time uh, in one instance and he said time is basically it's not the construct that we know. No. In fact, that's when you're afraid of dying. You shouldn't be because your energy goes somewhere and time stops. Time as you know it doesn't go on anymore. Right. You know, so it's kind of like you go, and when you come back, 
it's like no time passed. As a child, and this kind of goes, this might give you a a, um, a glimpse into my brain here, why I am the way I am today. Because as, as a child, I used to dwell on the idea of eternity, and it used to freak me out. In catechism, the the pastor says, "God always has been and always will be." Right. And it's mind hard to, blown. Right, and it's hard to wrap your head around because. What do you mean? He's always. We, Wait a minute. We are used to this construct of time. We're used to seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years. The end. Yes. You know, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. We're used to that construct of time. But the way, and that's why I always had such trouble trying to wrap my head around eternity. It's like, well. I can see little Steve. What do you mean forever? Like, <laughs> uh, what, there's no end? And I would get freaked out. And, but if, if you think about the way Edgar Casey explained time, it's that. And, and it's, it talks about this, too, in the Gospels, where God's timing is a lot different than our timing. I think God had a Timex. Maybe. It took a licking and kept on ticking. Well, yeah, because the way they explain it is basically time is not linear. It's not the beginning, right, middle, end. Right. It's, it's, I guess, a circle, if you want to imagine it that way. It's just there. You're just there. There is no beginning and end. Now, God talks to us in the fact of I am you know, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, because that's how we understand things. Uh. But there is no, well, I there is to, no time, I, I guess you I try to be say. in the moment because you might not be here. I might step outside and get hit by a car. You just don't know. So right. if, if I try to enjoy every moment and be present and like, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying doing this yes. podcast with you right now. And the, yeah, right. Exactly. And that's what you have to try to do is, you know, seize the day type thing. I'm not going to worry you know. about tomorrow and what the heck, you know. Right. No, no, no. That's, that's what you have to try to do. So it's... um. Again, very deep, very interesting. Sorry to go so deep today, but that's how Edgar Casey explained it. Basically, is everything happening all at once, essentially. Yeah. Boom. So, yeah, that's that's how I guess God's timing works. So I love it. Try to wrap your head around that one, but we'll kind of dig out of the rabbit hole there and and go into our final subject of the day, which was this strange case of the moon dweller. Have Ooh, you heard back about to this? The moon? Carol? I have not. And actually, you're right. Back to the moon, because before this, we did uh, another two-part series. About the moon. Right. Secrets of the moon, which was very intriguing. We had quotes from Buzz Aldrin and how they saw UFOs. Apollo 13, no one cared that they were going back to the moon. No one was watching their live telecast. It's just the same thing with the Challenger. You know, Earthlings get so bored. Oh, they're going to the moon again. Then they had a problem. Right, Houston, we have a problem, and now everyone's oh gosh, now we're interested. But before his daughter's like, well, the Beatles are breaking up. I don't want to see Dad on TV. (laughs) It's amazing how quickly we get sick of things. I'm not bored of the moon, though. We couldn't survive without the moon. No, no, no. We need the moon. So actually, like we said, Edgar Casey did speak about the moon, and this this goes back to another reading that he did. He spoke to a 42 year old uh, female homemaker back, you know, back in the day. That's when women were homemakers. That's right, yes. My mom was a homemaker, actually. Ah. Maybe one of the last. I don't know. <laughs> all she had on was a sauce and some heels. That's right. That's right. So all the power <laughs> to you if you're a homemaker, mom or dad. God, God bless you. So he spoke to her, and this was a quote. He started talking about one of her past lives. You know, again, if you want to believe that, this is the reading that he gave her. He said, uh, quote, as it has been often presented by one school of thought, the dwellers upon the moon preceded the abilities from matter. And he's basically talking about expressed in oh, a... Oh, so that's where the souls, the uh, energy started. Possibly. He's talking about like expressed in a form that is known as matter in the earth. So try well, to matter is that. energy, right? According to Einstein? Yeah. Yeah. 
He says, and this uh, entity was among those that so dwelt and is influenced by two sojourns there. So basically saying that this woman was a moon dweller at one point and then came to earth in her next life is what he's saying there. So he's explaining to her basically the, the traveling of souls, being able to incarnate, meaning a soul becoming embodied in flesh or physical matter. So he's saying preparations were being made by soul entities who were living in a colony on the moon. And then he's telling, they call her Miss 264. Um, they never gave her name. That she was among those beings living on the moon, getting ready to come to Earth. And then she tried to tell that story to Daddy, and he spanked her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, because she actually went on to say uh, it kind of made sense to her, because she revealed later, some years later after that reading, that her mother told her that when she was three or four years old, that she used to gather the neighborhood children, get this, and tell the kids in the neighborhood stories about the moon. And what she did when she used to live there. She did this when she was three or four. So this is before right. most yeah. kids can even remember what they're saying. It's not like she learned it online. Right. So then she talked about one day how her dad gave her a spanking, like you say, Karen, for telling lies. Because obviously, what are you going to think as a parent? Why is my kid making up these stories about living on the moon at one point and giving all these descriptions about moon colonies? So she never talked about it again. Because basically, it was, it was kind of beat she out of her as a child. Beat it out of her. <laughs> But then, you know, later on, as, as time went on and she got these readings from Casey's, she said her mother regretted not having had the life reading from him earlier because she kind yeah. of felt bad for punishing her. Yeah. And it was she was two years old before she learned to sleep at night. I think there's some kid in Texas who thinks he is Princess Diana's soul. It, that's an interesting story. It is. I mean, he gives details about the palace, about people that she knew. How would he know? It's very odd. It's, that's a very odd story. You're right. But but she, once she got this reading from Casey, she kind of started to connect the dots with her own life because she, again, was starting to say, well, wow, my mother is now telling me that I talked about the moon as a three-year-old and I gave descriptions of what I did there in the colonies. And then she kind of started to make sense of her own life because she always talked about how she would stay awake all night. She was an insomniac and she never understood. And this was before insomnia was diagnosed as a condition, but she never understood why she liked sleeping during the day and liked Staying awake at night. She was nocturnal. Right. And maybe that explained why, because that's, I guess, what maybe they Maybe she was the on the dark side of the moon. My gosh. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so again, this all goes back, you know, to what we said before. Were we originally star beings? Did we have this sojourn through space? You know, could something like that, like we said earlier, explain the idea of aliens as a whole? Did we solve the mystery of time and space and aliens, Karen? And who the next pope will be. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my God, it's just mind-bending. The mind reels with the possibilities. Oh, my gosh, it really does. And maybe that would explain different things like, you know, why uh, going back to the Nimitz, how this whole podcast started to begin with. Does it all tie together, how the Nimitz saw these these craft, you know, the famous video that kind of started the, the congressional hearings and the investigations of these crafts going so fast and going Mach 9 and speeds that would melt a human's face. I mean, if these are just higher life forms, meaning energy, and they don't have the same composition right, as us, right? maybe that's how they're able to go these Same molecular speeds. structure. And maybe that's how Valiant Thor. That's right. When we talked about him in a previous episode... And he's talking, you know, living inside of Venus. Maybe he's that higher life form because they didn't regress down to Earth beings and why they understood, you know, 
how to be closer to God. Because remember, Karen, we talked about that. And this was even before we got into these, these Edgar Casey things. And it's just funny how it all comes together. The stories of Valley and Thor, he yeah. said, I can teach you how to be closer to God, how to be one with Jesus. And they're like, no, no, no. That's going to ruin our society and our economy. <laughs> so if that, I think right. we're one of the lower beings My in the gosh. universe. So if that's the case, all of this would make sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to like getting closer instead of kind of just worrying about all the minutia that people get so caught up in here on Earth. It's just, ugh. It's, it's... It's fascinating. And when you really start to dive into some of these things and connect it inadvertently with different things we've talked about in previous episodes, it all, connects. It all starts to come together, doesn't it? It does. It feels like we figured something out here today. I think so. <laughs> but then... Oh, wait, I'm hearing angels singing. Oh, uh-oh. Be careful. You know, don't, don't go into the light, Karen. <laughs> I, need you. I need you for episode 25. Oh, yes. <gasps> this is going to be so cool. Yes, so stick around for that next time because... because we're, gonna, we're talking about energy now, but then we're going to talk about the vessels. Yeah, it's going to get really... The uh, shapes and sizes and colors of aliens. We wanted to do something different because episode 25 is a big deal. I mean, and, our and silver we, anniversary. That's right, and we thank you all who have been uh, delving into these these strange stories and happenings and theories with us because the response has been great. You know, the um, I guess you could say just everybody coming together uh, and and listening to what we've been doing. And we need it's to set up fantastic. either a Facebook page or an Instagram page where people can message us with their ideas because we need to get a two way street going so we can hear about. If this is ringing true for anybody. Yeah, we would love to hear some feedback. So look out for like a Twitter page, possibly for UAP or a Facebook page. We'd love to hear your feedback on some of these because, again, the response has been great. We have almost, you know, over 11,000 downloads at this point since we, we started, started the show. Yeah. And we're still, you know, a little baby podcast. So <laughs> we, we appreciate all of you who have been consuming the show and listening and enjoying it. Hopefully yep. you've been enjoying it. Yeah. Because well. next week we are going to get into... Uh, some specifics about groups called, say, the Palladians, the Arcturians, the Greys, the Nordics. Who are they? We've always just talked about aliens as a whole. And, and why do they only have three fingers? Yeah, that's right. Some species they've been talked about having, you know, some three fingers or they're short. So <laughs> they're short. we're going to get into the specifics of all of these different species that we've kind of mentioned in passing before. How they materialize to people. And then we'll also hear from people that actually saw them and their account of the of what they saw. That's right. So it's... Uh, Not every ailing is the same. No, no. And then again, that goes into, you know, someone like Valiant Thor has appeared as just a normal person. Yeah, but he was handsome. That's what they say. Very good looking alien. Hollywood handsome. Yes, yes. So we're going to dive into all of that next time. We're going to go real deep into... Well, this was pretty deep. That was. But a a different kind of deep into descriptions and specifics of different species of aliens that we've, again, mentioned in passing. We're going to go in a little bit deeper next time in episode 25. So make sure to keep an eye out for all episodes of UAP on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and on 850WFTL.com. This episode will be there right there on the UAP podcast page. And all previous ones, too, if you want to catch up and uh, hear anything that you missed. Yeah, it's not. We're not telling you what's really going on. We're just throwing all this stuff out there. You can consume it and take what you want. Leave the rest of it. Whatever. Make you know? up your own it's mind. Up to you. Enjoy. Think and make up your own mind. Yes, that's, that's it's good. Think. Yes, that's what we. That's what we try to do. Critical thinking. <laughs> God forbid, right? God forbid. But, but no. Hey, look. Thanks for listening. Thanks for enjoying. And 
Look forward to doing episode 25 next time. Karen Curtis there, Stephen Diener here on UAP. Talk to you again next time.